Bumblebee, Bumblebee, Bumblebee. Things are hey, everybody. Welcome to the Things Are Weird podcast with your host, Shannon Emerson. Let's see, it was 1997. I had gotten a flight voucher because I got bumped on a flight to or from Ohio from Seattle, and it was a $500 voucher. I was like, this is perfect. This is how I'm going to get to Europe for the first time. So I talked to my friend Emily in Ohio, and I said, hey, I'm going to go to Europe for two weeks. Do you want to come with me? And she said yes immediately. And I ended up Basically, the $500 just got me to New York, and then I had to pay $1,000 to get to Brussels anyway, kind of, but it was fine. It launched the thing that I wanted to do anyway. And so Emily, we we were going to meet up in the Brussels airport. She was coming from Ohio. We weren't going to catch up with each other until we got into Brussels, and then we were going to fly together from Brussels to Madrid. We landed in Brussels and we found each other, which was sort of awesome too, because there were no cell phones and we had no way to contact each other. So we were spending all day in Brussels airport. Like I can't remember, I got there first, then she came and we were spending all day there until our flight. So we were meeting at the gate. It was so great to see her. Like we'd succeeded, we were together on our way and we got bagels and they were, I remember the bagels were delicious and we were totally jet lagged and eating our bagels as the sun was coming up outside the airport. And at one point I got up I left her where she was and I was going to the bathroom and at the time I was wearing these long kind of prairie skirt dresses all the time 1997 living in Seattle and I brought one for the trip because I thought it'd be perfect for the trip and I was wearing that as I was traveling and I went to the bathroom and I was walking back and I was like sun was coming up you know I was with my friend I just had a delicious bagel and here I was a farm girl from Ohio I was in Europe. I was going to spend two weeks in Spain and Portugal. I just was so feeling so happy and so proud. And like, I did it. Who knew? Who knew? And then I uh, got to where Emily was and I sat down. Like as soon as I sat down, I felt cold plastic. And I was like, why do I feel the seat? (laughs) And then I realized that the whole time I was walking back from the bathroom, my prairie skirt had been fully tucked into my underwear to the extent that when I sat down there was no skirt between me and the plastic airport seat in the Brussels airport in 1997. Easy come easy go I guess. (laughs) I'm telling this story because my guest today is Emily Moorfield and she's a friend from Ohio. We're in not in the same high school kind of maybe knew of each other or not, I don't know, but really didn't meet until we were in college and we worked together at two different restaurants. And so I think that's the 7 p.m. Uh, healthcare worker celebration that happens, the, the horn playing the background. Yeah, so I knew Emily from working in restaurants and then we traveled across the country when I moved out west from Ohio. She tra- drove with me that trip and then we took this trip to Spain and Portugal. Uh, she lives in Ohio on a farm and has horses and pigs and kittens and dogs and vehicles and a pond and four children a husband who owns a bunch of restaurants and they're just like badass 
Ohio people and I love her so much. And so we today, she she and I talked about we read an article that was from The Atlantic called The Problem with Being Perfect by Olga Kazan from November 5th, 2018. They didn't even know shit in 2018. They did not know shit then. But anyway, still some good stuff in this article. <laughs> we had a great talk and I hope you enjoy it. Hey, Shannon. Hey. How are you? I'm good. Don't you love that I created a whole podcast just to get you on the phone? <laughs> that hard, huh? <laughs> and here, here we are. How are you? I'm good. It's actually really beautiful. Um, so I'm sitting outside. Nice. Did you have a good, solid spring Ohio day today? Just like you can imagine, Shannon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of those days. Yes, it's absolutely beautiful, and the weather is perfect, and we're outside, and there's no bugs, and nice. everyone's been outside and is sunburned. There you go. So it's, it's a good day. It's good. How about you? Um, today, uh, went for a walk. It's actually beautiful here, too. Um, it's It was actually even warm, almost surprisingly warm <laughs> when we were out walking. I was like, wait a minute. Not ready this for you. Right? <laughs> um... Yeah, we're just having a uh, quiet Memorial Day weekend. Apparently, it's a Memorial Day weekend. I know. I feel like it's going to be off for everyone. Yeah. So, yeah. We're having family and outside, and we're going to make the best of it, but it certainly feels a little different. Yeah. So are you having who, – who else coming over? Well, um, Leah and Tuck came up from Mexico City because they were pretty certain that Mexico um, – would have some trouble along the way. So they're at my parents' farm. Oh, okay. Um, so we've seen them quite a bit. And it's kind of been our farm and their farm and not much else, which is nice because the kids have company then. Yeah. All right. And how long are they going to stay? Indefinitely? Indefinitely for now. Yeah. I mean, Tuck's working. I think most of the people from the embassy went home, and so Tuck's working. And, yeah, it's pretty unknown Wow, I bet that's kind of, in a way, nice for you guys to have them. And I suppose oh, I love it. Yeah. They, they get like an extended <laughs> stay in Ohio instead of just their, you know, usually they... Yeah, usually it's two weeks. Yeah, not long enough. Yeah. So it's been good. It's been really nice. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so did you read this article? I did. Do you think I'm a perfectionist? <laughs> no. Okay, good. Um, like, wait no. a minute. Why did she choose this? No, just I just thought it would be actually an interesting thing for us to discuss. Um, I don't I don't know that I think anyone's a perfectionist. I don't know. I just thought it would be interesting because um I mean you do have a fierce drive and like how does that where does like drive and perfectionism uh diverge or meet? I don't know. Because yeah. I also am like I, am I a perfectionist? You know, I was looking at the um Okay. Uh, I was looking at the different types, which I had never heard before. I had neither. Right. Self-oriented, socially prescribed, and other-oriented. And uh, I... So self-oriented, a desire to be perfect. Socially prescribed, a desire to live up to others' expectations. Other-oriented, or holding others to unrealistic standards. And I don't know. So I... Yeah, I thought about all those types, and I had a few people always kind of sliding into into each of those categories, and um, yes, and Mike, my husband, will definitely put people into that category where 
you know, holding other people to perfectionism um, and you can't quite meet those standards, um, which makes him sound like a terrible person. And I don't mean to say it that way, yeah. but um, I kept thinking about who goes, you know, in those categories, who kind of goes where of the people I know and love. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's fascinating to think that there are types of being that way. Um, and, you know, the, the thing that I kept thinking was, man, that sounds really tough. That sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> Which which one? Um, all of them or all of them? Yeah, all of them. Um, and it sounds really sad. In in my mind, I kept thinking, man, that's hard. <laughs> I um, uh, yeah, I was thinking that I think that I have I definitely have a, a dash of other oriented in the having mm-hmm. unrealistic standards for others, and and really it depends. It's not all others. It's really almost like the closer someone is to me the more that happens Higher but, expectations. but it's like it's yeah. less I mean I've definitely it's less of, of a thing than it used to be but it, it did it did resonate with me and uh I I did some more reading and, and it seems like there's a I've actually found a study that says that um uh self-oriented that um, self-oriented perfectionists are those who derive a sense of pleasure from their labors and efforts, which in turn enhances their self-esteem and motivation to succeed and eventually helps them to develop a sense of control over their environment. And so sort of saying that like self-oriented is actually, I mean, if you can be the best perfectionist, maybe being (laughs) self-oriented perfectionist is the best. It does the least harm to you, like least likely to cause depression and right. more likely to actually just, you know, uh, be like, oh, be a driver. right, I did a thing and it was good and now I want to do it again or I want to try to see if I can do it better. Um, but that like socially prescribed and then, and other oriented, yeah, other oriented is interesting. Um, yeah, so I, I, it was funny because I was actually wondering if you, if you think of yourself as a perfectionist because I don't, I don't have an opinion on it, but funny that was how you. Um, I don't, I I really don't. Um, I think that I um, I will hide my imperfections, and I will hide my failures pretty carefully. So um, I tend to present as being um, successful all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if my if I am, it's more skewed and it's more um, maybe crafted than than real. Um, you know, I take a lot of risks. I've been saying I'm going to write a book for 15 years now, and I have not done that. Um, I, you know, will often want things to be one way, and when they're not, I just act like I never started in the first place, or I never... Mm. So it's a little more deceptive, which is a terrible way to think of myself, but I I think that I am um, maybe just covering up um, when I'm not perfect and I, when I am, I certainly let it shine. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I saw too, that there's like two other versions of it. One called, one is called overt perfectionism and then covert perfectionism with I, which I identify with too, a little bit, which sounds like kind of what you're saying where closeted perfectionists, um, hard to identify because their actions don't always match the perfectionist thoughts. Uh, covert perfectionists tend to have low expectations for those around them. I don't know, but maybe not really. I could say they're they're prefer being average. I wouldn't say that that's how we feel, but it, there's some like some piece of it that is like you know 
don't yeah, tell anyone I'm, don't tell anyone what you're doing or don't show it and right. if you fail at it you can just like put it away and Cover move on yeah. <laughs> and then yeah and then no one will know that you even cared about being perfect or even you know cared about or even succeeding. tried you, yeah, yeah right right yeah um i do think that i um have had enough failures now that if i ever was that way or if i was ever partially that way um i've you know, at 48, it's probably time to let all of those things go. Mm -hmm. But I think if I ever was, I, you know, I know enough now um, that I wouldn't hold on to that idealism anyway. I see it sometimes when my daughter Mia, you know, things like a spelling test. I, if I miss a word, you know, the sky's going to fall. And, you know, I've sat there before school and begged her, please miss one. Pick one now. Let's make sure you spell it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. Like, alleviate this this anxiety over something that's that's not not going to matter. Yeah. Um, right. Right. Don't don't be upset. Don't don't get worked up about this. Yeah. I, when Hadley yeah. was playing basketball and she was hesitant because she didn't hadn't really played and didn't know how to do it necessarily. But she was doing just fine out there. No one else knew much more than she did. And so I said, if you don't make 10 mistakes in this game, I'm going to be really mad. Right. <laughs> and just like, I wanna, exactly. I'm counting. I'm in the stands and I'm counting right. your mistakes today. And we're and there's they're going to be there. It's going to happen. Right. It's going to happen. <laughs> if it doesn't happen, then you're not even really even engaging in the in the process. You know, you're, yeah. you're actually holding back to the point where why are you even doing it? Might as well go in there and fall right. down. I mean, and I, you know, I've. It was years ago that I, in my head, I was teaching the kids that failure is good and important. And I was, even as I was saying it to them and knew it so clearly, I was still preventing myself from failing. I was like, oh, you need, right. you need to know that this is why, this is probably the only reason you had kids is so you can teach this damn thing to yourself. Exactly. <laughs> I did have this one, I was, after I read the article, I was, you know, thinking about um, moments in time when I, um, maybe had and I don't even know if I would call it perfectionist you know feelings but more um high expectations that didn't get met um and I think for me a lot of those were based on if I don't do this then people won't like me or this person won't like me or you know if I'm not a great athlete if I'm not you know don't have the best art project if I you know whatever don't have curly hair if I'm not thin you know whatever I expectations we have for ourselves if I'm not those things then all of these people who are my friends will go away mm -hmm. um, and I remember very very clearly um, my senior year in high school the state track meet actually ended a week after school ended or two or three days it was the weekend apparently after school ended so all of my friends were going on senior trip to Florida and a few decided to wait back for me to drive with me after the meet. And in that meet, I fell and ended up getting dead last dead last place. I mean, mm. couldn't be worse. And I remember thinking, I'm going to go on this trip and no, none of my friends will like me. Like, mm. it's all over for me. And I remember getting in the car and none of them, like, even asked me about it. They were, you know, on spring break. <laughs> they were like, and in some ways, it was this immense relief because I thought, if you know that's perfectionism if i don't get first then people won't like me um and i, did, I think that's kind of when the you know the foundation started to crumble a little bit thank goodness mm -hmm. um because i you know it 10 minutes into it i thought oh my gosh no one cares 
and so you it's no, great okay. so you noticed it too like you went into it thinking they're gonna no one's oh, gonna absolutely. like me and then and then very quickly you were like wait so you didn't even it's it's actually impressive in a way that you were able to see it so quickly shocked. and not keep it going like well they haven't said anything yet that's how much they hate me they haven't said anything yet and they're gonna wait right. and that you actually were able to be like oh no one cares okay good move on it's it, you know that's, that's, well i don't think i thought good move on i thought oh my god i've worked so hard for this for so long and i thought that mm. you know these people liked me because i did this thing and um it was maybe even a glimpse into maybe people like me because i'm me um uh-huh. which of course there's nothing better than that feeling <laughs> right imagine um, that and yeah. And I think that was probably the first time I had that feeling. Yeah. Um, and I think perfe- perfectionists could get caught up in that. These are all measures of who I am. So if I'm perfect, then all of these other things will happen because good things happen to perfect people. Yeah. Good things happen to perfect people. Yeah. Well, um, and, how, and how your story is a great example, too, of like what a what a massive you were a senior right is that what you said you were a senior in high school yeah and so like you in track was you were like phenomenal and you went until that you, moment you went out you like you you're you're like what could have been the apex of your track career yeah high school track career ended up like you just it was the worst thing ever and yet it, it gave you this great gift yeah. very quickly of like oh people actually like me for me like that right. this is why failure is so good because you could have it spent is. more time in this yes. you know delusion it is so good, but I also think you maybe have to put yourself in that moment of high of high risk. So I think if I had been average, I probably would have had average expectations, and I don't know that the mm. lesson would have been the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had very very high expectations, and I had a lot invested emotionally and physically, and in terms of time. And I just think that sometimes, kind of being all in gives you a better opportunity to learn a lesson pretty clearly. And it wasn't like you know the 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 clouds parted and I got it but I remember kind of being confused by it and it taking you know it wasn't wasn't you know I wasn't that bright at that time I was (laughs) confused by it but I do when I look back at that I'm more grateful for that moment than than many many others um because it was it was a bit of a revelation holy shit like (laughs) I love that you you feel like the going all in is an essential part of getting to that place of realization that um, it's not just the being okay failing. It's like really getting in the arena and giving it your all so that you, you're, you know, you're, you know where all the boundaries are, you know, you've pushed yourself as far Mm -hmm. as you can and then where does the failure show up and what, what, what does that mean? Um, That's, I like that. And I think for, for kids now, Um, And one of the things I want to teach my kids is I do think that um, it's really important to practice something and to be really passionate about something and to know with certainty there's a pretty good chance you're going to change your mind and do something else, you know, Mm -hmm. later on or in a couple of years or, you know, you're going to put all your hopes on playing the guitar and then have a terrible accident with your hand or whatever. But I, I think many people say stay on this safe side um because what if um and i in some ways i really appreciate perfectionists because i think that they may be more inclined to um, push a little harder and i think that um we could all do a little bit more of that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) um you know certainly a perfectionist is on one end of the spectrum and they probably need to pull back but i would say that there are you know, so many of us that are not willing to get close to being a perfectionist or to be a pusher or to be, you know, really kind of striving for not necessarily perfection, but 
you know, the best available because that that fear of failure is so um, so scary, really. And I think um, it really depends on where where the origin of the desire comes from. Like, I think if you yeah. if it's coming from you, like I want to be good at this, and also I, I like the idea of you know just like pour yourself into something and then change if you want. Like, don't don't right. don't start to identify with that as like I'm a guitar player or I'm right. a this. Like, give it your all, and then be willing to move on. And um, yeah. uh, I think that I probably felt like if I you know, focused in on something and I stopped doing it, I would look flaky. I would look like I right. wasn't really into it. I didn't, I wasn't really that into it if I didn't do it forever, you know? And but you've always been so good at shifting gears when you want to, haven't you? Um, I mean, I feel like you've, yeah, I, I shift like gears. Just... I shift gears all the time, but I don't know that, I guess, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I don't necessarily, I haven't poured all my effort into a thing and maybe I have, and it just feels, it doesn't, it's not yeah. the, like, so sometimes I think that the things that I haven't done, like played the guitar, like I've tried to play the guitar a million times, really didn't try because I didn't want to practice, but I still feel like, oh, I could have, I could have done that. Like I could be playing the guitar right now if I just had focus, but maybe not, yeah, you know, devaluing things, all, right? right, devaluing all the other things that I was doing because right. the one thing, because those automatically seem easy. Like once there's, once I can do something, then it's like, well, it's not that hard, obviously. So it's not that much to be proud of. Like <laughs> I can't play guitar. Count. So that's pretty badass. <laughs> if only I could do that, I could be somebody. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a, maybe that's a tendency of perfectionists too. If it comes easy to me, then it's not a real challenge. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have value. And that's a shame yeah. because we all have, um, things that come easy thank goodness right <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, and things that don't um or that take a little extra effort but those things that come easy man I just I can you know with my particular let's go there like you're halfway there and done nothing like start um and you know even with this like kind of school out thing um you know, I don't teach math. I couldn't, I can't do me as fifth grade math. So, you know, I'm kind of steering them in a, in a different direction. And, you know, my kids are happy to go that way. Um, so I do think that we all have tendencies and kind of figuring them out um, is really important. And for a perfectionist person, it's when you get stuck and, you know, you, there's things that you can't do that you, I would imagine, struggle a bit more. So I have to be perfect at math and art and science and English and all of a sudden you're butting up ahead, your head against a wall in science, you know, well, why, why, mm -hmm. how, why would you expect to be good at all of it? That mm -hmm. makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's not like, right. That oh. would be a ridiculous expectation. And, but it's so easy to feel that way. Yeah. But it is ridiculous. Right. Why, why would you be? And, and, and also if things are, you know, along the lines of things that come easily, it's like, well, that is potentially your gift. And <laughs> so even right. that, that's really what we that's want from you. Sign. Like right. take what you've been given and like take it to the next level, do it for all of us because we want to see, yeah. you know, what so what someone does when that particular thing comes e easy to them and what that looks like. Yeah. And now if it's not fun, of course there's no sense, but I, you know, I keep thinking about um, perfectionist people I know, and I do think that some of them are, are quite sad. And I think that some of it is because not only do they want to be perfect, but they want to be perfect at everything. Mm -hmm. um, that's, I mean, that's tough. <laughs>
Yeah. And I, you know, if you're a perfectionist, I don't know if you can pick and choose. I'm going to be a perfectionist this at this and not that. It seems to me like if it's a way of thinking or a way of being, it's probably all the time. Right. Right. Especially if you it's know. coming from outside. Um, yeah. It, it would, it, it would probably uh, touch everything and not just yeah. the things you pick and choose. Yeah. Well, I think we figured it out. It's really fascinating. I know. Don't you think? We always do. (laughs) We really don't need, we never need much time. Uh, We just need a little bit of time. We get right to it. And figure it out. out. (laughs) I I was having, when you uh, packed up the kids and drove to Florida, just whatever, a week and a half ago or something. um, I was just so appreciative. I had so many moments of appreciating you because like you, you, like of all the times, you're just like, even before you had kids, you're like, time to go pack it up we're going getting out of here you know you just know exactly when the time is and you just get out Well, we've done that a couple times haven't we yeah yes <laughs> i was telling the kids about the trip across the country the other day they don't believe me first of all and there's no <laughs> photos i don't have a single photo i don't know if you oh do. i do i'll send some photo i'll you send do. some proof okay. yeah <laughs> to they, your dubious what? children <laughs> they're like why, why would you not why would that not be true or they think you're just trying to look cool or something <laughs> I think they think that there's no way I could have possibly been. That's so, crazy. Yeah. If you no. have proof, you should certainly send yes, it my way. I will send some proof. There's <laughs> I think I have a picture of us actually on the side of the Arizona highway with Tom Petty blasting from my truck and we're dancing among the the desert <laughs> the desert uh, plants and so yeah, I need that. Yeah, I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll send you a file, a document okay. with all the, <laughs> all the proof. One of us at the Grand Canyon, where snow was everywhere. I have, I think I have that. I have that picture. I have them in my mind, but I don't have any anything to show anyone else. And that remember when I we were coming back from, uh, we were walking back to our hotel because we don't want to spend money on a taxi in Las Vegas, and we had to climb over a yes. chain link fence, and I just ripped the back of my jeans. Yes, and then we walked through some huge some casino that was packed, it was it was the, like the and your ass cheek was hanging <laughs> yeah, out. totally there were mirrors everywhere and I could totally see the the denim flap <laughs> I I, could, I think it was the um uh the shoot I can't I know there was a hotel we stayed in I can't think what it was called but we it was cheaper so it was kind of away from everything which is why it was sort of difficult to get which anywhere is why we were climbing the yeah <laughs> We were like, well, the fence is just in our way. It doesn't mean we can't go this way. It doesn't mean don't go there. <laughs> it means if you can get over the fence, right. please proceed. Invitation to climb. <laughs> All right. Well, I will um, I will send proof. All right. I and, need it. Uh, and I really appreciate you uh, taking the well, call. Well, thanks. I, I always love talking to you. I don't care what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, enjoy your family time tomorrow. You too. Okay. I miss you. I miss you too. All right. Bye. Bye. Okay, that was fun. I enjoyed that a lot. One thing I didn't mention that I in my research that I did was I actually uh, I took a perfectionist test for what kind of perfectionist you are. It actually doesn't tell you what kind you are. It just lists your strengths and potential strengths and limitations. Psychology Today Perfectionism Test. Strengths are that I possess a healthy level of perfectionism. That's good. And then there's some potential strengths. I don't know. Don't need to go into those. But the limitations, here's what it said. No limitations were detected. (laughs) I think that's fucking perfect is what I think. That was great fun. Emily Moorfield, she owns 
a yoga studio. She's an amazing artist. She's a potter. She makes beautiful things and runs a yoga festival in Ohio. She's phenomenal and not a perfectionist. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. So fun to have you here. If you would, please put your hands together for our favorite comedian, Emmy Galaxy. So today's February 15th, which means we all survived Valentine's Day unscathed. And uh, I think there are exactly three thoughts that go through people's minds on Valentine's Day. If you are not in a relationship, you're thinking, fuck Valentine's Day. It's a bullshit manufactured holiday. I don't need to drink champagne and eat strawberries to be happy. I'm perfectly happy at home watching House of Cards with my cats. I'm happy. And if you're in a new relationship, you're thinking, this is so amazing. I'm finally getting the Valentine's Day that I have always wanted and that I deserve and that everybody else has already had. I'm just, I'm just so happy. And if you're married, with kids, you're thinking, I wonder if joint custody is as good as it sounds. I bet it is. It sounds pretty good. I mean, you basically get to spend multiple days alone in the house. Essentially, there's nobody you can't make leave your house. Nobody you can't make leave your house. Sounds like perfection, but of course, the dark side of joint custody is divorce. And we've been talking about divorce in our house a little bit lately because my young daughter's friend Lisa, her parents are getting a divorce. And uh, the other day I was on the phone, she came in and she mouthed the word mom. <laughs> because she knows I'll go crazy if I get interrupted on the phone. So she's trying to not interrupt me by interrupting me somehow. So, so I just give her the quietest and meanest look that I can, and she leaves the room. So that's done. But then two minutes later, she comes back in, does it again. <laughs> so I just start snapping my fingers and pointing into the other room to make her go into the other room. And it works, and she leaves again. Two minutes later, she comes back, she's got tears running down her cheeks. And so I dredge out the last bit of compassion I have, put the phone down, I say, honey, What's wrong? She says, Mom, why don't Lisa's parents live in the same house anymore? No. So I got down and I said, because Lisa kept interrupting her mother when she was <laughs> <laughs>